Hey, this is Brian Falchuk from Boston, Massachusetts in the United States of America. I want to give a shout out to the InsureTech business series, Falumi and Damala, what you are doing to help move the industry forward in the African continent, but also more broadly for the industry at large is so incredibly important. As I think about the future of our industry, it's conversations like the ones you're having that will help us move forward. So congratulations on the success of the show. Please keep at it. to have him because he is from the IRA, that's the insurance regulator um, from Kenya. And I think that it is really interesting because we've had a lot of business-minded people that have had, you know, um, either thought leaders from insurance companies or from insurtech startup. But this is the very first person that is agreeing to come in from the regulator. And it's I think it's a good thing to have the regulator's um, perspective when we're talking about insurance and non-insurance related things. So, hello, Elias. How are you today? Hi, uh, how are you? Uh, thank you for your invitation. I'm good to be here. I'm good today. Good. We're excited to have you. So, Elias, um, I know that you are from Kenya, right? Um, can you tell us about yourself? I'm sure that most of our audience too are eager to know who Elias is. Right, as you mentioned, I'm Elazo Mondiotieno. I'm a citizen of the Republic of Kenya, having been born and bred uh, in the uh, city of Nairobi. And um, basically, if you ask who is Elaz, uh, Elaz uh, is, uh, I would say, a regulator. Um, as from, based from what I do at the moment, I work uh, with the Insurance Regulatory Authority of Kenya uh, for the last couple of years, um, close to now uh, 10 years. Um, and my background is ideally I've uh, been working on the regulatory field, uh, supporting uh, the regulator in Kenya uh, in development of the insurance industry. Above all, I've also been able uh, to assist uh, in various projects across Africa and uh, Asia, uh, helping um, various regulators, um, insurance regulators, pensions and uh, capital markets uh, to develop uh, their regulatory uh, platforms. So uh, quite uh, a, a lengthy experience, but all in all, professionally, I'm an actuary. Um, uh, with a lot of experience in uh, risk modeling, a lot of experience in uh, helping uh, companies to uh, embrace innovation. And yeah, that's basically uh, who I am. And um, what I do in my free time, I like watching football. Uh, football is, I have a lot of interest in football. And um, I think that's what keeps me. Football is something that I really love playing and I like watching. Oh, interesting. So, um, do you have a particular club that you support? Yeah. I'm a Manchester United uh, uh, fan. <laughs> okay. um, English Premier League, uh, but in Kenya, I do support a team called Gormahia. Yeah, so that's, okay. that's, those are the two teams that oh, I do support. Oh, that's fantastic. I bet there's a match coming up. I can't remember when, but I know that there's... Um, I heard some people arguing about it today, but there's a match coming up pretty soon. Well, all the best with, <laughs> with you know, um, winning the game, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we've not been doing well over the last couple of years, but I think uh, we yeah, are regaining uh, the, the glory that uh, was lost a bit. But yeah, we are doing well. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Arsenal for now. So. Yeah, 
Uh, but anyway, we hope that the as no fans we get an, an insurance cover <laughs> and to support we hope so too outbreak insurance <laughs> okay so um, Elias I wanted to know aside from you working for the regulators this, this is just to actually have an insight on you know um if you were not working for the regulator what would you rather be doing yeah if I was not working for the regulator ideally uh, I would be uh, uh, a farmer uh, um, or a fisherman uh, because I come n- near the shores of uh, Lake Victoria and uh, the reason why I, I would say that is that uh, I would look into ways in which we can better uh, the livelihood and ideally uh, pick people out of uh, uh, the hardship of lives that they are leading now um, and uh, in a way that would enable them uh, to be to get financial freedom in regard to their livelihood so I would basically be a community uh, a development person uh, that looks into really be part of uh, the society that makes their lives uh, better. Uh, and that basically means that I would work with uh, fishermen and uh, um, basically farmers uh, near the shores of Lake Victoria, given that I'm, I'm, I do come from those particular areas. Wow, that's, that's, that's good to know. And, and yeah, I've often wondered how, I like the fact that you mentioned um, that you worked on several projects um, while working with the IRA. And I'm guessing that this is one of the reasons why you are so passionate about it. And so would that be one of the reasons why you are currently you know, um, working on the BIMA Lab Accelerator Program. You know, um, when it comes to farming, you have to go down to the micro insurance as well as, um, you know, support for insurtech startups in Africa. Would this would this also stem from that? Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that um, Lab Accelerator Program? Right, yeah, definitely. And um, um, one of the things that uh, we do appreciate is that we are living in quite a challenging environment uh, whereby there are so many people uh, that are left out and uh, these particular persons uh, do experience risks daily. And one of the things that is really heartbreaking is that you'll get uh, someone who has a a particular asset. Uh, Maybe this person uh, has a, a, a one cow and uh, he faces a certain issue, uh, maybe a medical issue, or he needs to take his son to school. And this cow is the only thing that basically is a source of livelihood. And what he does is basically to sell that cow uh, to ensure that he attends to that risk. So in Africa, there are so many people that are left out um, within the financial uh, system. And what happens is that they, their lives are kind of uh, in a place whereby uh, in case a calamity faces them, then they lose that. Now, if you look at Kenya in particular, we are having quite um, a, a way to go when it comes to our insurance. And uh, when I talk about that, uh, our insurance penetration is close to around 3% against an average of around 6% across the world. And this is something that means that we need to bring more people within uh, the insurance system. Now, how do we do that? The way to do that is by enabling us to come up with solutions uh, that will resonate to these particular persons. And these solutions can only be provided through a very innovative way. Now, we have a way to go. And the only way to go is to ideally be part of the market development. And the insurance regulator, uh, the institution that I work with, uh, have a mandate of um, one of our uh, uh, 
regulating, supervising, and uh, managing the market. At the same time, basically providing uh, a market development base. And uh, last year, uh, we uh, initiated a process of developing a very elaborate uh, project, uh, the project that we call the BIMA, BIMA Innovate uh, Project that has two facets. Uh, one of the facets is a BIMA box, uh, the regulatory sandbox, that looks into providing a space for innovators and insurtechs to test their solutions. And also we uh, initiated the BIMA Lab, which basically uh, what you've asked me, uh, what motivated the BIMA Lab, you can get from the story that I've just uh, illustrated. And the BIMA Lab is basically to give a plan platform to scale uh, innovative ideas to address uh, these particular uh, problems that we're having uh, in, in the country. The problems of insurance penetration, the problem that uh, people are not well uh, educated about insurance, the problem that we need to provide solutions and products that resonate with their needs. So we initiated this particular process to bring in the innovators and uh, um, and uh, insurtechs to support them in a way that they would get a platform to scale and grow their innovations. These promising innovations that will address these particular problems. And one of the things that uh, we've seen over the last time uh, when we initiated this particular process um, uh, this year, um, we wanted to basically set Kenya to be one of uh, uh, the countries that will support the emergence of the next generation of insurtechs. I wanted to deepen the access of financial products and services across Kenya. And this uh, will even go to Africa because most of the risks that people face in Kenya uh, and in Africa are the same. And wanted to emerge as a regional hub for innovation of insurance. So we want to increase uptake of insurance we want to ensure that we change the face of insurance. We want to ensure that we provide that platform that will give these particular innovators an opportunity uh, to train, to mentor, and to coach them towards providing structures uh, that will promote uh, maybe uh, partnership, access to market, and enable these innovations to be a springboard to bring all these people that are currently uninsured or underinsured or have no access to insurance at all to be part of this particular conversation. Wow, that's awesome. That's really fantastic. You know, we've had um, conversations with different insurtech founders and insurance um, entities from Kenya. And, you know, it just shows that you know, the IRA is actually building an ecosystem for all of that. I mean, your insurance penetration is next to next to South Africa is one of the best in Africa compared to other climbs that um, we've been, you know, accustomed to. And I think that the IRA, uh, you especially, you guys are doing fantastic, fantastically well, you know, to get um, a hold of this penetration and, you know, further grow the industry. But then again, um, I also would like to know, what, what do you think that um, the insurance regulatory needs to do, especially as it relates to, you know, the digital and financial environmental trends in Kenya. I know that you've talked about those strategies that you want to use to further penetrate the market, but with the changing times and with the, with the current trends, how exactly do you want to um, help to, to see that insurance and insurtech startups are, are equipped for this coming trend? Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, that's a very good question. And um, one of the things that uh, I would want to uh, bring into perspective is that um, most people 
and particularly the insure techs and the innovators that would want really to venture in uh, various countries have or they lack uh, regulatory clarity on what are the do's and what are the don'ts. And with that, then you create what we call a lacuna of where do we start as innovators. And this is something that we wanted to ensure that we deal with. Now, the only way to deal with that is providing what we call regulatory clarity. And regulatory clarity is something that is highly needed uh, when it comes to uh, ensuring that you bring in a new emerging sets of uh, insurance companies, you give them a platform uh, to change the, uh, uh, the financial system. And the only way to do that is basically to bring these discussions to a point whereby they are led in a way by the regulator. And what you've seen us doing, uh, we initiated that particular process whereby we thought that the way to advance this is through partnerships. And that's why we've, we've, uh, in our BIMALA project, we have quite fantastic partners. Uh, we have, uh, the UK, uh, Tech Hub, the Department of International Trade, United Kingdom, we have the Telestic, we have, uh, uh, Prudential. And all this will enable us, uh, support and advance the partnership. And, and the areas that we were focusing on, particularly uh, that is key to ensuring that this particular process goes, is by enhancing the incubation support. And when we talk about this, we wanted to ensure that we strengthen the mentorship network, we strengthen the incubation services and facilities uh, for these innovators and entrepreneurs. The second thing is that we have talked about an, uh, an ecosystem and we, we are basically putting up a, a startup ecosystem that will help us develop uh, an ecosystem for this startup support and pipe them to an exit whereby we build a framework that will enhance the innovation, will enhance the entrepreneurship among the youth before incubation and even push them to the next level whereby uh, they can now uh, develop the products that will uh, a custom will be a customs to the uh, to the customers up towards uh, a point of scale. So that ecosystem is not something that we are not going to get in round one. Uh, we are also testing uh, the ecosystem building, and it might not mean that the partners that we have uh, it be the only ones that we we'll be working. With. We want to expand this to ensure that uh, it works for all of us and enables us to get, ensure that uh, we bring those people that are not uh, within the insurance into insurance. The last thing is the acceleration support, and that's why you, you look at what we are doing currently within uh, our framework. It's basically to accelerate the growth and the scale of these startups uh, within the incubation period. And this will, en- will ensure that are they able to get the financial investments? Are they able to get the fi- uh, technical support? Are the networks going to be created for them to come up with an insurance community that will leverage on the investor network and enable them interact with those particular investors? So it's it's really really important uh, to work across this. But the only way that this will work is ideally from the regulator's perspective is a regulatory clarity. Give them a clear ways in which uh, they can operate. At the same time, ensure that they do not expose uh, customers uh, to, to a number of risks that might also bring in reputational, uh, reputational issues. So ideally is that we need to create that balance. And when I talk about regulatory clarity, it's basically creating a balance that will enhance and accelerate innovation 
but also ensuring that consumers are well protected. So the balance between market development and consumer protection should well be catered for when it comes to uh, regulatory clients. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, this is, I think that is, that is um, really good. I like the, the fact that you talked about, you know, um, striking a balance between, um, you know, uh, being customer-centric as well as also enabling um, these insurtech startups as well as insurance companies. Um, I think it's, it's a good one to have a bit of compliance as well as, you know, creating that atmosphere for groups. It's it's what um, beauty, formidable um, insurance and insurtech um, companies. And I think that it's really commendable to see that these are the things that are happening in Kenya. But with respect to the fact that um, you mentioned um, financial investments uh, as well as operations, the new implementation of IFRS 17, you know, being a risk analyst, I'm, I'm quite aware that uh, it's going to cost a bit of um, more or less like you have like short-term losses. How exactly is the regulator trying to position themselves to provide you know adequate supervision for that bit of um, you know reporting for insurance and insurtech startups in Kenya. Uh, very good question. Now, uh, when we talk about IFRS 17 and really um, um, uh, with uh, the preparedness around this, uh, maybe just to give a background of what this is uh, for our listeners, IFRS 17 uh, is a standard for insurance contracts, and what it comes to do is to replace uh, what we call IFRS 4. Um, and, and this is basically a ways in which insurance accounting practices are taken. And one of the things that uh, what IFRS 17 wants to do is basically to provide consistency uh, on principles in the aspects of uh, accounting uh, for insurance um, insurance contracts. Now, this is something that we were not able uh, to do with the IFRS 4 because ideally uh, IFRS 4 uh, and uh, uh, insurance industry compared to the other industries, you could not really compare insurance and other other industries. Now, IFRS 17 uh, really intends to enable us to do that. Another thing is uh, around issues of, um, I would say, um, uh, transparency um, uh, across uh, various uh, products, uh, given that you'll get that a company is operating uh, in maybe Nigeria and uh, you have a branch in, in Kenya. And if you used IFRS 4, in terms of the reporting, there would be significant differences around accounting for those particular policies. Now, under IFRS 17, a consistent accounting for insurance contracts will will apply for even uh, multi-national uh, companies. Now, the, the question is then, how does this really uh, impact um, insurtechs and even uh, insurance companies? I know there is need to prepare for this. Uh, it comes to effect um, in 2023. And one of the ways in which uh, it's going to impact, it's going to look at the way assumptions are reflecting to timing of cash flows and issues around uh, insurance contracting will, will be done. Now, one of the best things is that it will enable us uh, really look at how do you value insurance uh, liabilities in a way. And this will, in a way, affect the way you do a pricing. Um, it will be important uh, to properly price for the product. And one of the issues that you can attest in Africa, pricing is highly competitive and that kind of leads to some issues around undercutting. So on the insurance side, uh, a greater impact on the um, insurtech side, 
it will highly be dependent on uh, the products um, and if uh, someone is uh, underwriting quite uh, short term kind of products uh, it the, the impact wouldn't be as massive as uh, most people writing long term long term products now in africa one of the ways to create an impact particularly for the uh, what we call the startups is that short term policies will be quite key given that these will be micro uh, micro insurance kind of products i know some products will have uh, to cover quite a number of uh, uh, risks again there will be a way in which ifrs 17 will have an impact on that dependent on the type of risk but the only thing is that and what i want uh, listeners to take home is that this standard uh, really focuses on transparency in terms of reporting uh, and it will enable us compare uh, our industry with other industries and even give value in which uh, you would ideally look at the performance, look at the metrics uh, and evaluate how insurance performs over different uh, circumstances and, 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 and time. So I think it's something that is welcome. Um, it might take time, it might need a change of systems, but the best thing is that it will give us a positive outlook and give us ways in which uh, we will be able to address our risks going forward. Okay, um, thank you very much, Elias. Uh, so I also wanted to know, I know that you've actually broken down this IFRS 17, and I mean, you've addressed in terms of um, how it threatens the short-term profitability of those companies. Um, what do you think would be the impact of, I mean, I want to talk about the AFTA, um, that's the African um, Free Trade Agreement. How, how do you think that the IRA intends to contribute to the success of this inter-country distribution of insurance? Boots, you know, at the policy making and supervision. Now, I, I think, um, and particularly the insurance regulator of Kenya, um, IRA. One of the things is that we've been at the forefront, uh, trying to really support uh, different uh, countries uh, in Africa uh, towards um, uh, really uh, enhancing the systems of supervision, enhancing uh, their regulatory uh, guidelines and, and standards. And uh, we've been a home for many, I would say, uh, guests coming in to learn on what we are doing. And this is not something that we are going to stop. Uh, for instance, maybe I can give an example. We've been at the forefront working together with uh, uh, East Africatech, uh, um IMF to support uh, East African region uh, close to... Um, seven countries in East Africa uh, to enhance uh, their solvency standard. This project has been there for the last uh, uh, three years now and uh, uh, we are having quite a good product, what we call as a simplified solvency to approach uh, for the region that is fit for purpose uh, for the eight countries uh, across East Africa. Uh, with this we intend to ensure that we harmonize um, the uh, what we call the supervisory uh, uh, standards across the region and even enable those particular countries to move towards adopting um, what we call a risk-sensitive uh, um, market that looks at the risks profiles and uh, the uh, and what basically happens is that the responses or the actions taken within the region 
will highly be dependent on the risk. So we, we've been doing quite a lot uh, across the region. We've received uh, so many regulators are uh, coming in. And even with the Bimala project, what, what we intend to do is that as we learn on what on this particular uh, uh, journey that we are taking now, we are looking forward to see how then it can be replicated in other countries because innovations are, 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 are cut across different different countries. And one of the things that we can do is open it up rather than uh, close it within Kenya uh, because we are living in an environment, we are living in a global village and each and every solution that is needed in country A uh, can be part of solution in country B. And if we don't do that, then we won't be able to be part of uh, an African uh, regulator that spearheads uh, the change that is uh, necessary. So we are part of this process. We are going to support wherever possible. We are going to still open our doors for discussions with um, other countries uh, for the purposes of building uh, a, a very sensitive environment for our customers' needs, but also a very responsible environment to take to ensure that they are we are having very stable financial system. Thank you. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsureTech Business Series and stay updated. I mean, these are like very impressive things to hear from the um, insurance regulator. And, and I think that other it would be nice for other countries to emulate, not just building um, an ecosystem that allows for innovation, but also, I mean, thinking and working ahead of, you know, um, time. Uh, Honestly, it's, it's one of the amazing things. Like I mentioned before, with our conversations with um, insurance experts and insurtech um, business owners from Kenya, we've been able to see that there's actually um, support by the IRA, and uh, this is just about the way to go. So what what would you advise other regulators in Africa? I mean, we, we've been having um, a bit of issue. Our last conference, we had... Um, Richard Leftley, who talked about how the whole uh, micro insurance um, system was, you know, not um, effective in Nigeria because of the regulations and the regulators as well. And of course, that sort of, in a way, sort of, um, you know, killed that um, particular part of the business. So, what do you advise that other regulators in Africa would do to emulate, you know, most of the things that you guys are doing in Kenya? Ideally, is a balance, um, and um, um, what if if a regulator will not be able to balance uh, between uh, consumer protection and uh, market development? Uh, then you will be able to get uh, some sentiments that um, are not progressive. Now, how do we do that? Uh, the only way to do that is basically uh, trying to be part uh, of the solution and um, not waiting uh, for uh, all the new ideas uh, in your offices uh, because most of the time we get that a regulator will wait for an approach uh, from the office and, and what comes that is that whenever uh, you do approach uh, the regulator, most of the time it will be this thing cannot be done. Uh, they don't give an opportunity for testing. They don't give an opportunity uh, for being part of the discussion and the process of solving 
and providing the solution. So the only way that we need, and, and, and I'm not saying that uh, we've done everything 100%. It's all about learning. It's all about trying uh, to do new things and trying to create that particular balance. And um, as we try to do all this, uh, we, we we usually ensure that we don't really forget uh, the mandate at which uh, the regulators are set to work with. Uh, the best is that allow room for discussion, allow room for pilot, allow room for testing, allow room for uh, new ideas to come in. And within that, ensure that that particular balance is achieved. And another thing is that ensure that um, uh, you are easily you can easily change uh, your laws and, and regulations to look at the bigger good for the citizens. Uh, most of the time you'll get that um, uh, you approach with quite a good solution, but that good solution is kind of uh, limitized by the law. Now, the two things that you need to think about is, will I basically kill this good solution because uh, the law is there or should I look at ways in which we can have a platform to test this new solution for the purposes of ideally having it be part of the change that we need in our jurisdiction. And one thing that we have been doing is um, you can have um, um, what we call a, pil a piloting uh, of new ideas. Uh, we recently initiated uh, a regulatory sandbox that enables us to test uh, some of these solutions within a controlled environment uh, so that also you limit uh, the, the impact of failure because again you should also be quite careful uh, in case where, in cases where there is failure and in case in cases where the failures are quite big uh, you can have what we call a very reputational uh, uh, issue uh, within the, the the insurance system so all is all all that I'm trying to say is that balance and once a regulator enables to get that balance, uh, then you'll be able to see a quite a progressive way of uh, how you conduct your regulatory work. Another thing is that uh, we encourage uh, the players uh, within the market uh, to be part of the solution. And this is whereby you kind of encourage and you visit the regulator, have those discussions, open up and raise issues that will have an impact. On your, on your industry rather than just running away from the regulator. One thing that I usually say, regulators are not policemen. Uh, they're not looking for the bad things. Uh, and that is something that changed when regulators moved from an approach that we used to call a compliance-based approach to a risk-based approach. More of principles. What are these good principles that we should be following? And once we came up with a principle-based approach in which we look at issues and solutions, then that changed the way uh, regulators were perceived in the past. So this can, the only thing that I can advise uh, different uh, or regulators across the world, let's try and strive to get that balance. Let's uh, follow the new standard of regulation and let's have the discussions uh, with our insurance uh, companies, intermediaries, uh, insurtechs, with the one goal, the goal of in ensuring that the risks that are not currently uh, covered, or those people that have not money, uh, that those people that cannot afford insurance can afford insurance, and those risks that they are facing are well taken care of. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, Elias. I mean, this is really, um, it's good to have this and um, to have a different perspective as to how to go about, you know, being a regulator, a compliance, supervisory level and all of that. So thank you for this um, different point of view that we had from you. Um, we're hoping to have partnerships with um, the IRA in the future, especially um, with you, Elias. Hopefully um, this is not so far of not not in the very very far future but thank you so much for coming on to our podcast and um before you go for those people who want to connect with you how exactly can they connect right um i'm on on linkedin um uh alias omondi uh, linkedin and uh, also on twitter um at alias omondi fia and uh, also uh, you can reach out to me on uh, on email um, I'll be able to share uh, any person that would be interested uh, they can reach out to you and I can share my email address uh, and also if you reach to me through LinkedIn I should be able to share my email address for us to get connected so Elias Omondi uh, LinkedIn um, uh, at uh, Elias Omondi FIA uh, on Twitter and um, let's connect let's get to discuss uh, we can be part of the solution that will basically be able to transform Africa and make it better uh, in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, we hope that you enjoyed the rest of your day. And of course, we will stay in touch. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you. And also, thank you very much for organizing this series. We hope that uh, this is a platform that will give us uh, and make us the next resilient uh, continent in the world. Thank you. Hi, this is Paul Miller from London. Really enjoyed the podcast. Keep it going. Thanks very much. Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health, where we're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways, microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series, where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. Amazing, amazing conversation. And it was quite interesting to hear about, uh, I mean, you know, like we mentioned before, before the conversation, we've spoken to a lot of people who are from Kenya and there are glowing remarks as regards what the regulator is doing and creating that enabling environment. So hearing from the horse's mouth really was quite uh, interesting, you know, and learning about how they are thinking about innovation and technology and and enabling uh, insurtechs, you know, to to thrive. I mean, that's what we are most concerned about, you know, innovation technology, you know, in insurance and really around insurtechs. And so, I mean, the idea around creating the sandbox and the Bima Lab really stood out for me. And the idea around, you know, helping these uh, insurtechs to understand the regulatory requirements for playing in the space and being a part of, you know, their products uh, creation and, you know, helping them to shape their ideas so that they're not uh, going against what, um, 
those market guidelines are you know because you know i, I remember you talked about you know you know that the lacuna that gets created when uh, you know insurtex for example don't know what the regulator is expecting right so i think it, it makes sense for them to be a part of of the uh, solution like he mentioned uh, and, and it's quite interesting what about you follow me you had the conversation but i'm sure that you must have enjoyed that um you actually um in a way um summarized most of the things that it mentioned and um one thing again that also stood out for me was the fact that you know having asked about the african continental free trade agreement and how they'll be moving in from country to country one thing that stood out again for me was how you mentioned that the IRB already had started that kind of initi- initiative even before signing the actual agreement. That shows preparedness. And there's one thing that people keep saying that sometimes opportunity meets, when opportunity meets preparedness, you know, it brings um, quality results. And it, it, like I mentioned before we start um, the conversation was the fact that one thing um, IRA keeps doing is to ensure that they keep co- continuously build that ecosystem for the insurance and insurtech space to thrive. And like you mentioned, the Bima Lab is one thing, again, that they've been trying as much as possible to push out to encourage insurtechs alike. And having all of these innovative, I mean, innovations rather, um, would you would eventually see to the growth of this insurance industry in Kenya because if there's a different approach to how things are supposed to work in a particular environment, of course, these things will begin to translate to um, premium income, will begin to translate to increase in the penetration index rates, will begin to translate eventually to the contribution of the industry to the overall GDP of Kenya. And I know that um, at the end of the conversation was to talk about how um, Nigerian um, insurance regulator can replicate something like this. And it's important that I feel like it should be at this point where we need to now begin to have conversations with our regulators to see, you know what, these things are happening in other climbs. They are doing it and it's working for them. If we say we're having over 200 million um, population, then and we say that we're having um, 82 people that are living beyond, 82 million um, Nigerians are living be, be, below the poverty line. How exactly do we not begin to, you know, um, reduce our insurance products to cater to that particular segment? What partnerships do we need to create? For instance, what ecosystem do we need to establish? Um, you know, there are other investments in, in how to diversify the Nigerian economy. How are we looking to penetrate that space? You remember that during our webinar, um, when we, were, we had a conversation about the agri business, you can imagine what the conversations that we had about how it is that, you know, um, um, for instance, Nike and other insurance companies could partner with um, Bank of Industries as well as, um, you know, in order to provide fund for our agreed businesses. Now, there's after. What are the insurance regulatory um, doing in order to ensure that it is not at the point where people are now moving goods from place to place. It's now when we now begin to sit down to think of okay, so at this point, what policies do we need to create? And what ecosystem do we need to start building? We need to start now. As a matter of fact, um, it's tad late, but it is not too late. So it means that we need to start putting in, in those infrastructure 
structures in place, those policies and financing policies in place. We need to start catering to all of those necessities to ensure that we are able to get the best of this after agreement. We are able to ensure that those opportunities and investments in the insurance space from other clients uh, who are coming to see or to access those market opportunities in Nigeria. And one person again still comes to mind. It has to be our regulator. But we need to move from a cane approach to now a, a thriving approach. We don't have to always, you know, hammer on compliance. We need to start building those ecosystems, establishing those partnerships with other regulators and creating those enabling policies that would help both the insurance companies grow as well as allow insurtech startups to thrive within the same space. So those were the things that, you know, stood out for me. It's important for uh, regulators to be proactive, you know, like he mentioned, be a part of the solution. Don't wait for for them to come to you. Go to the market and, and, and be a part of the solution. This is what is driving the market. How can you be a part of it so that there is no, uh, you know, gray area, so to say, you know. And, and I think that's why, you know, they, they set up the, the BIMA lab, you know, and the... And the and the sandbox, so uh, and it's quite interesting. I mean, we've had uh, conversation with some people um, in Kenya, and some of them are actually part of the, the, the lab. And uh, the feedback really has been um, interesting, learning about how their experience has been, and it's been really uh, you know interesting for them. And we're definitely uh, going to be seeing some interesting things, you know, from them. Uh, I mean. Uh, Elias mentioned that uh, the idea is to make uh, Kenya, you know, a, a hub for insurtech uh, development and, and innovation. Is that going to be the case? Uh, I mean, they are, they are making steps in that direction. You know, the question now is, where is Nigeria going to be in all of this? What are we doing in order to to bridge that or to be a part of the, the, those kind of conversations and improvements for the industry generally in Africa? Watch and see. Yeah, that's. I mean, you've said it all. We should really just have. We really just have to watch and see. Uh, continuously engage in these conversations until we are sure that um, implementation has begun and our regulators are actively listening to us as well, knowing that we are expecting some of these possibilities and opportunities in the industry. Um, which brings me to congratulating um, Coracell, uh, which has obviously got a $450,000 um, pre-seed fund. I, I think that's very commendable, really. What do you think about that, Amola? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm super pumped. Uh, Special shout out to Henry Mascot. Curacao uh, actually were one of our, our sponsors in our first ever InsurTech conference uh, last year. And so, uh, super um, pumped for them yeah. that creating some amazing stuff in the claims space. And so, uh, uh, it's great that yes, they're getting this kind of uh, funding now to expand. So yeah, uh, congratulations to them, and uh, I mean it's testament to some of the hard work that they've been been doing in the background, and definitely uh, you know rooting for them. They're friend of the house, so so yeah, congrats to Curacao. Congratulations. Um, 
Okay. On downloads, before we let you um, go, we also like to bring to your attention that we've got um, our anniversary event coming up, as well as the IBS um, Women in Insurance webinar coming up soon in May. But first, let's even talk about the anniversary. So we're going to be having four notable writers, as well as you know, eloquent speakers. From the insurance space, Brian Falchuk, the author, of course, our very first guest and the IBS Man of the Year, um, Rob Galbris. Eunice Miner, Eunice Miner from Kenya, and Frederick Bisbjorg, Frederick Bisbjorg from the United Arab Emirates. Amazing guys, uh, we're going to be uh, speaking to them, I mean, celebrating, but also uh, taking the opportunity to speak to them around their books and you know what people can learn from some of the knowledge that they've they've put together in all of those books um, i mean learning is one of the pillars for insurance business series and we thought that was quite important that we you know bring them i mean these books to the knowledge of our community uh, it will be interesting to hear from their perspective around what the industry is going to be like in the coming years as well. So, so yeah, we're looking forward to that conversation. It's on the 30th of April, so uh, make it a date. It's going to be live on LinkedIn, live on LinkedIn. And so uh, we're happy for you to join us. Yeah, so please don't miss out. Um, for the IBS, Tomala's um, already given details about this event. So for the IBS women in insurance, we would also communicate that in the coming days. We already have our guest speakers, but I think so we don't uh, bombard you with a lot of upcoming events. We would In our next episode, we would as much as possible give out details about the IBS women in insurance um, webinar that's you know, forthcoming. So once again, thank you very much very much and um, always feel free to reach out to us on our various social media and especially on LinkedIn we're always available to take your questions your inquiries as well as um, for those that are looking out to sponsor the InsurTech Business Series podcast we are available for sponsorship thank you and um, hope you have a fantastic weekend yeah thank you take care of yourself and stay safe bye